Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Day of the beast. Day of your life. I am already annoyed because that's there's there is a song called Number of the Beast, but that was the melody from Run to the Hills. I know, and I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> I did it deliberately as well. <laughs> I'm childish. I didn't think it would definitely annoy you, but it, it, I did. <laughs> I did avoid the obvious. I had made the song that it made me think of. How does Day of the Beast? How does uh, Number of the Beast go? It has the six 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 the number, number of the beast. Number of the beast. Yeah. It's not as punchy though as that one. No, it's not as it's not quite the hook that Run to the Hills is. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Christmas is in hell. The apocalypse and all that shit. La 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 la, hooray! It's podcast time, and it's Christmassy time as time time as well time. Um, hello. <laughs> I've had too much eggnog. I apologise. Which it's is. My choice. I got you to do Christmas with the Devil by Spinal Tap. Oh, like um, go on. I can't remember much of it, but there's one bit where it goes, and the angels are in chains. Christmas with the devil. Not bad. I just know that Mudflap song. Very <laughs> 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 Spinal Tap. That's my favourite one. My girl's got him. Hasn't she just? <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Christmas. <laughs> Christmas time. We used to do Wrestlemas on the show. We used to find Wrestle Christmas movies and we left ourselves just the shittest ones ever um, <laughs> so we've abandoned Wrestlemas this year and uh, we couldn't we can't just review a normal oh hello are the other people doing the podcast <laughs> <laughs> my little Christmas elf Anthony hello Mrs Claus Abby hello. and uh, what was it? Dasher one of the shit reindeer Jamie <laughs> Dixon, Dick Curry's in the PC world. <laughs> Nixon the reindeer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, and I'm uh, jolly old uh, Richard Nick, that's me. Um, here to discuss a Christmassy film instead of the usual, just usual, usual film rubbish we usually discuss. Um. Yeah, but we've gone off the beaten track. That's where I was going. We don't like to be too conventional. Oh, we could pick a shit Christmas film. Far too many of them to choose from. Oh, we could pick a classic Christmas film. No, 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 everyone does that. What are we going to pick? Oh, some fucking weird shit that no one's ever heard of, but is possibly quite interesting. Anti-Christmas film. Yeah, that's a good term for it. An anti-Christmas film. That's how cool we are. <laughs> we put the X in Christmas. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it was technically Abby, your suggestion. We all um, like to get our heads together and uh, pick a few weird Christmas films and have a little vote about it. And Abby was the one who came up with the best suggestion. So I will hand over to her for her to explain what El Dia de la Bistea is. That how they say it in Spanish? Spanish? Well, I was, as a preamble to my saying of the usual stuff, I, I would like to ask the 
all Spanish-speaking countries of the world to forgive us for what <laughs> is about to happen. <laughs> yeah, okay, Spanish listeners primed. <laughs> <laughs> so, Day of the Beast, or its original Spanish title, El Día de la Bestia, is from 1995, was directed by Alex de la Iglesia, it's also written by him, along with Jorge Guerra and stars Alex Angulo, Armando de Raza, Santiago Segura, and Maria Gracia Cuginota. The story revolves around a Basque Roman Catholic priest dedicated to committing as many sins as possible, a death metal salesman from Carabanchel, and an Italian host of a TV show on the occult. These go on a literal trip through Christmas time Madrid to hunt for and prevent the reincarnation of the Antichrist. It's pretty nice of a Satanist. Do you think he'd be more up for making Satan do all the nasty stuff? I think he was just happy to be out. Just have a friend. Just do anything. Just don't want to take an interest. Yeah, that was the that was the idea, I guess, wasn't it? Abby, you I think previously have picked a film we've reviewed called Hellbenders. This sounded like a very similar premise to that, you know, a bunch of priests and that have to commit sins to for the good of uh, the world, I suppose. So I was sort of thinking it might be a bit hellbendersy, and that you would just have a thing for naughty priests. I, if I'm gonna do Christmas and religious themes, I would much rather do it from the opposite direction. Rude. And I actually did it because I know that you have a thing for priests. Naughty priests. <laughs> Make it sound like I'm in cahoots with a paedophile covering up Catholic Church or something. I'm into like kind of Father Ted or weird priest characters. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm overly obsessed with uh, the clergy. <laughs> I like spotting a priest in real life. I always have to elbow Abby and go, "Oh, look, a priest." <laughs> <I see> one. <laughs> what? Or a nun or something. They're not fucking. They're not fucking wildlife. Like, it's like where's Wall, Wally in it? It's like oh, there's one. I know. I don't know. I don't know why they are wildlife. To be studied <laughs> from a distance. What a what a. Oh, I don't want to get in a conversation with one. I just want to <laughs> sit with binoculars and look for them. And this make, is why you notes. have a weird thing. <laughs> I, li- I like the ones that are, are like you know wearing a collar and a black shirt is pretty conventional but I like to see how they you know how do they accessorise that look because there's all kinds of options outside of the obvious uniform I'll tell you what's rare in the real world is a fucking proper priest with like long like robes like a proper like a cannon or something you know they're hard they really hard spot church, no but you might get one moodily going from one uh, one abbey to another, like some some strange priest this is, is upset. A lot more specific than I was expecting it to be. See, you didn't know. I knew. <laughs> Whatever. Is that enough of me? The... Christmas time is not about priests, it's about the message of the baby Jesus and wow 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 I've been born and all that I think it was Christ who wants to consider the wow 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 I'm hungry and just born he didn't have anything to do with the first story of his life or what sorry go on uh, uh, fuck 
I don't know. I lost this. I'm 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 too like my brain's addled by this priest spotting hobby. <laughs> I was no, I don't go out of my way. I don't go out with like an anorak and a little notebook and take down the names and numbers of all the priests I see. I just... It's like I seem, I do it for like, oh, that person's got a big beard. Oh, look. Oh, shit haircuts. Do you guys not like give your partners a nudge and go, look at the fucking mullet on this prick. <laughs> Come on. Confess. <laughs> priest, priest style. <laughs> Confess. <laughs> Anyway, this is this is about Christmas in that it's about um <laughs> some weird apocalypse that's gonna happen on Christmas Eve. Um Oh sorry, no, we're not explaining it. We have to ask you guys. Day of the Beast, has anyone heard of this before Abby suggested it? Uh, Anthony. I had not heard of it uh at all. Um and as soon as Abby put it up as a choice, it's kind of like, well, What's the point of putting any more choices? Because that's <laughs> obviously the film we're going to do. Uh, just like watching the trailer and seeing the premise, it was just like, this has something for everyone in this little group of ours. And... It has priests for rich. <laughs> Get, getting yeah. squashed by a big cross. It's a bit of fun. Yeah, it has Satan for me. Uh, yeah. Also, a nice easy exorcist connection in this film, because it has an exorcism in it. Yeah, for... Uh, uh, uh... 12 year old boy who looks 43 <laughs> well uh, if you've had if you've been possessed by the devil it ages you true. a bit can it's we not... all I was... know that Anthony would absolutely love to have Professor Cavan's job um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> but I was surprised when when Abby put it up of not even knowing anything about this film because there's been quite a few years now where I've trawled through the most obscure Christmas films for our podcasts. There's quite a lot of horror uh, Christmas films, though. Like, there's, it seems to be a, to a well that gets visited a lot. There are. I, f I did find like a really good list this year of like over a thousand Christmas-related films, uh, and even trawling through all that, I couldn't, I couldn't compete with this. Um, well, in my findings for Christmas movies off the beaten track, I found out that there are thousands of sloppy rubbish Hallmark style Christmas movies obviously that's quite well oh, yeah. known but that's true horror <laughs> yeah that's the real <laughs> that's the what there's the Christmas movies you can't sit through and they're too awful um but there's so many of them and they all have a man and a woman on the front of the cover of the poster and one's in like a either green jumper or a red jumper and or an outfit there's always a riff on it like but it's woman on the left man on the right and they'll be in red and green so so fucking many you can't tell them apart they all just are stupid titles like a fucking uh, a Christmas Wish uh, Eleven Elves and Me and the, the Seasons Holiday Vacation Time yeah Eleven Elves and Me sounds like it's in the same wheelhouse as Naughty Priests to <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I made up what I thought was a fake Christmas film like in conversation I, I went oh like a Christmas pig and then Abby, you said it was like a J.K. Rowling had done a book called Christmas Pig. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Fucking state of it. You can't even make up Christmas titles anymore because they already exist. Oh, you have to say the one that you actually did the drawing for, though. Oh, I did a little drawing of uh, Herman Melville's A Christmas Whale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. 
I can imagine Santa needing to team up with Moby Dick, and because uh, Moby Dick's a bit of a bastard, he probably would ha- have to harpoon him and then lash him to the, like tie him up to the sleigh and pull pull the sleigh instead of uh, Rudolph and the, the gang. That was my envisioning. But uh, you know, Herman Melville, he should have done a follow up, and if he did do a follow up to Moby Dick, it should have been. Christmas theme, in my opinion, should have had magic in it. If I could turn back time, or travel in time, better would be easier. I would, I would put a show, hand on Herman Melville's shoulder and be like, "Moby Dick was a good call, right? Good book. We all, all enjoyed that." But Christmas, <laughs> Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, absolute scene stealer. Everyone loves Scrooge and the gang. Great story bloody... who else writes bloody Christmas ones? Every fuck... all the, the great authors write Christmas ones, right? All the ones I'm not remembering now. Did Lewis Carroll do I one? I can't think of... Er, no, everyone just does Charles Dickens. Everyone just does Scrooge Car- Christmas Carol again, do they? Like, just there you go. Anyway, this is not... This is not... Anyway, Christmas movies aside, I hadn't heard of this either. My only expectation is it would be weird. And it was. Uh, Jamie, I presume you haven't heard of it either. No, I'd seen the the poster on because uh, I have we have a, a subscription to Shudder, the like oh, right, yeah, yeah. horror Netflix equivalent. It's one of those subscriptions that like I got a free trial and then have forgotten year after year to not renew it and have just kept it. So occasionally go, oh yeah, I have the Shudder account. Good, um, good excuse, like, and go and poke around in there and like this. I I'm. Like I think I'm the the bigger horror fan of the the podcast, um, so it's there's some pretty good stuff on there. But and then this, the poster for this is very vague, so hmm. I would always see it and think it, it, this looks like an album I would like, but yeah. I don't know what the film is and never like explored it. And then whenever it was put in for the the pick for this, I watched the trailer and then like connected the dots that like oh it's this film mm. um and yeah i watched the trailer and the same the same response it was like well it, it's just this isn't it like it's the, <laughs> there's no point like i we all put choices in but like my mine came after i'd already seen the trailer for this so i just arbitrarily threw shit in there because like <laughs> uh, it's hard <laughs> to compete when you think it was a weird one yeah uh, yeah, the poster for this is kind of yeah, it could be anything. It doesn't look Christmassy per se, because it's just like the silhouette of a a goat bloke, or or Satan. <laughs> a, um, oh God! And then a, his shadow is a is a cru- upside down crucifix. It um, looks so. They, more, it's pretty simple. The uh, the poster I think gives more of a horror impression than the film turned out to be. Kind of looks like um, a hammer horror. Poster. Yeah, it yeah. does a little, doesn't it? it? It definitely had a vibe. The name suggests you're in for a horror film. It doesn't have anything in the title. It's not like the Christmas Day of the Beast or something, which would be the obvious sort of got a crowbar in some reference to Santa Claus or something. But uh, it, you know, it, it is essentially a movie for people who love Satanism stories and have a sense of humor, okay. right? Not just not to love Satanism. I mean, it is for people who love Satanism. It's a very light, wry. <laughs> Satanist movie, but it's about people who like the kind of Catholic mythology and demons and hell and the apocalypse. But they want to have a laugh and see a priest punching people in the face, or just Lord. There's loads of people punching people in the face in this, and this dicking a, around and for, being like, slapstick. It's, and it's the definition of 
because um, I think the the term the like the genre term black comedy gets thrown around a lot. Um, but this is the definition of like a pitch black. <laughs> like it's so, it's it's so light, but also so cruel <laughs> that it's mm. fucking fantastic. Yeah, there's like oh, there's a naked granddad, ha ha ha. Oh, there's a dead baby. The baby has well, been shot, <laughs> dead. To be fair, it did. Yeah, there were. I I guess we'll get to it, but like there was a towards the end, I did feel like it lost the thread a little bit, and it got kind of heavy towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, let's start off. Abby, do you want to uh, set us up with the beginning of this movie and we'll find some talking points as we go? Our protagonist. Um... Angel. Sorry. Angel, yeah. I just had a notification come up at the exact moment I touched a key and I thought, what have I done? But no, it was, it was unrelated. So our protagonist, Father Angel Berardoa, is confessing to his... What's the priest about the priest? Boss. Is this God. A colleague. <laughs> yes, it goes God, Pope, <laughs> bishops and canons, regular priests, priests uh, the, the plebs, <laughs> the punters, the marks... <laughs> his colleague he was telling him about how he had cracked the code of a particular book and that the apocalypse was nigh and he needed to do some weird shit to work it out so it's like a Dan Brown film basically kind of I mean it's the, that whole like uh, uh, doing like deep analysis of the book of, Re- of, of Revelation is a really like there's a, a ton of history oh, I assumed it was just tracing Latin letters and just looking at them in the mirror and going, oh, it reads different backwards. No, that's Dan Brown, that's stupid. But, um... <laughs> the, this one brings in, like, numerology. He's a, Isn't he a... Prof- he's a professor of, um... He's always... Any chance he gets, he's doing little chalkboard explanations as a madman to yeah, people. I wanted to know more. I wanted to just sit through his lecture, because I love shit like that. I love, like, uh... Just... Deep to the point of psychotic analysis of things. It was so sweet that he tried to explain it to everyone he met. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that this is the key to this film, and part of why it does work for the most part is how adorable the main character is. <laughs> he's so naive and like he's like and such a a true believer in what he's doing. Yeah, because essentially it gets it qu- quite quickly uh, glosses over the what he's learnt, because it doesn't matter. The point is, a priest has discovered a revelation that the apocalypse is going to happen on uh, Christmas Eve. It'll, so, yeah, it's going to begin. Like the Satan's going to be summoned somehow, and his plan is essentially um, summon the devil, I guess, preemptively. And no, kill... summon him to ask him where the Antichrist is going to be born. Oh, so wait. Okay, and then what the devil will be like, oh, sure, yeah, uh, sure thing, yeah. Min- minion. Well, I think that's part of his naivety is he's like, yeah, no, if I just ask him, he'll tell me. If I summon the devil, we'll ad lib defeating him. <laughs> but he has to sell his soul, so he has to commit, yeah. he has to basically desecrate his his life's work in a day. Yeah, so, um, 
so it's basically convinced of his findings and uh, unluckily his colleague uh, quite quickly gets squished by a mega sized crucifix audacious very and deserving his death was by the size of that crucifix very very good way to set up the tone for the film by having that happen mm. in the first five minutes <laughs> yeah so he gets squish, squish squashed right then um, Angel just sort of goes out into the world Madrid does uh, it Yes. The streets of Madrid, where he starts sinning with the ultimate goal of being able to make a pact with the devil and find out when the apocalypse is happening and where yeah. specifically so In order, to stop it. Yeah. Which he's not gonna he's gonna keep that a secret from Satan. He's not gonna go, I'm gonna stop you, he's gonna go, Oh good. I can't wait. <laughs> and he just said, Oh I'm gonna shove him so, or something <laughs> so where is the, the antichrist baby being born just you know just like out of interest yeah yeah when are we uh, i love you love your work love all the stuff you did down in hell <laughs> uh what well, so this antichrist this is exciting it's like a parody of uh god and jesus that's great love it upside down you know it's like your own thing but also copying great Whereabouts do you think <laughs> if if I if if there was to be an evil innkeeper who was definitely gonna help you and not hurt your child. Anyway <clears throat> Is uh, I guess the time frame on it is is such that he can't think much he can't think too long. He basically gets on a coach and starts yeah. like shoving mimes no not street statue okay. guys. No like, it is what does he do? Is oh. a street it's one of those frozen street street statue performers. He shoves down some steps and he like yeah, nicks a suitcase and robs some from, pricks. He steals from a beggar. He steals uh, from a man who's dying from a car accident. He pushes the mine. He uh, tells the guy the probably one of the darkest jokes in the film is in this montage where he tells the dying man that he hopes he births in hell, and then the guy just fucking dies with that look of panic on his face because uh, a priest a priest just condemned him to hell. Oh, well, he hopes. Jesus. Yeah. Well, no, maybe not. Well, yeah, it's fucked, man, isn't it? Anthony, you you go you on board for this kind of offensive, awful humour? That... Oh, absolutely. This, yeah. This, this whole first five to ten minutes got me yeah. totally hooked on the film. Yeah. I think definitely one of my favourite bits is just, like, the credits montage where he's going around the city and yeah. just kind of, like, um, calmly attacking people and stealing from them. And it, it's that... It's that level of, it's it's perfectly comic and cruel, like Jamie was saying. It wasn't like over the top funny. It wasn't too slapstick or anything like that. It was just kind of like the perfect balance of him, dark and humor. Him stealing from the the homeless guy was probably one of my favorites as well. Just it's it's done in such a sort of deadpan way, and he does it in such a. Like a lot of the sins he commits, especially in the first chunk of the film, like he does it in this way where it's I don't know quite how to describe it. Like he's just doing part of a job he has to do. Yeah, like, his, his heart's not in it, but he, he's gonna do it. He's got a kind of I've not done this sort of thing. Look on his face of what do I? Uh, yeah. What sort of thing do sinners get up to? With it has to be low profile. He can't just instantly go on like slay people or something. Him, the idea of him walking around with headphones on, listening to oh the headphones, me- yeah, to metal is great as well. Because <laughs> that's he's so naive that like his idea is like, well, yeah, no, I have to listen to this evil satanic music too <laughs> while I do it. 
Yeah. And like he just sort of mills about in Madrid doing petty crimes, trying to figure out where best to go. And it's it, some of his uh, first, in, like you say, it's kind of naive of him to think, oh, metal music and maybe a TV occult man, other other people to get in touch with. Yeah. The fucking the yes the 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 fact that he well he he says a bit later on he's literally never seen TV before. So that pious. The, yeah. the first program he sees is the ah uh, what's his what's the character's <coughs> name Professor Cavan. Yeah. Um. Who also, I mean, we'll get to him, but he's fucking great as well. And his character also goes in the direction that I was not expecting. Yeah, no, it, there's a lot of surprises that this film has in store, I guess. So, at what point does he decide, okay, I'm going to go to a metal uh, record store and... It comes after the montage. Like, it's the first, like... First little stop scene, on his tour. I think, yeah. Oh, I just remembered. He also likes to steal someone's suitcase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just walks off with it. It's again. It's really well done in that there's no. It's a very ho hum Mr. Bean sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like Mr. Yeah, it's like a satanic Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean was a prick on purpose, so definitely like this guy is reluctant. Yeah. And so, like, as this naive uh, beret wearing headphone wearing, he definitely has a beret at some point priest he's just like and he's he's a beautiful kind of balding where he's going bald but he's got quite a lot of hair on the sides and just a small innocent enough man uh just doesn't look very harmful and yet you know is incredibly harmful as the film goes on uh yeah his first port of call then is, is a record store where uh upon inquiring about heavy metal satanic type music the long-haired uh, clerk, who's a Jose, he is like clearly bemused and intrigued by this uh, seemingly alternative priest who's into the same sort of music that he is. One of the one of the things I really liked in this scene, um, and I think with with the character generally, and the the whole idea of the the music playing an important part in this, is that he seems to have listened to the music enough that he's developed a genuine appreciation for it. So it doesn't seem like it... There's never... Like, the film never does a, a, a more kind of typical scene where it would be, like, he's listening to it and he's cringing, but, like, it's a necessary thing he has to do. He seems to have genuinely gotten into all of this really extreme metal. Yeah, it's not so bad. But also, you know, got to stay on point, got to do as many naughty things... Yeah, and crack on here. Also, this was the uh, before we before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about Iron Maiden because they're mentioned here. One of my favorite things to just think about generally is like the whole '80s satanic panic thing and all of the really silly, over-the-top, colorful musicians who got pulled into it and were thought of as like genuinely scared people <laughs> and it's bands like Iron Maiden or like you know Ozzy or Judas Priest or all of these very obviously theatrical colourful people who are yeah, it's generally like... just nice friendly people in real Alice Cooper who's seemingly one of the nicest men on earth it's the, like... sort, the sort of people who would be scared by a ghost train or comic books or something <laughs> like this is evil and uh, corrupting yeah. children it's like alright you're not 
You seriously? You. I know. I love it. I love that Iron Maiden was on his list of like evil satanic fans. I think it. it people don't, you know, don't know though, do they? If, they, if it's like you don't know what music's about until you hear it and get to know it. It's fair. I mean, if you're naive oh, and don't know. I just, I, I, yeah, that's the thing. And there are, there are real bands out there that are absolutely awful and terrifying. And then some are terrifying in a different way, where they're so trying hard to be lame and so they're trying so hard to be dark and creepy that they actually are lame, like Cradle of Filth or something. It was oh. like, oh, lads. Or like there's the ones who are sort of cute, like the, the, was it, is it Lordy or someone? They're like the ones. Oh, yeah. Lordy or Gua. Gua, yeah. Oh, Gua, great. I love Gua. But, you know, I, I, I don't think you can do that kind of Satan without being a little bit laughable these days. But back then, I'd buy it. I think people were more... More fucking... Less less atheists, for one. More pe- more true believers. Anyway. So, Abby, what did you make of Jose? He must have been like a lot of people you hang around with when you were growing up. Yeah, he's basically a combination of three people I knew when I was 15. Hmm. So, I think there's a little bit of me in there as well, to be honest. <laughs> but that's, but it, was, it was comfortable in that way. Where I'm like, oh, yeah. You kind of people. I miss you kind of people in a way. Not in a smell way. Not a smell way. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he... he uh, Angel... Rifles through a few of the albums that are particularly oh, sort of demonic-looking and pentagrammy, and oh, th- this band's called uh, was it Satanico? Is the band that feature oh, Satanica? Is the Satanica uh, the the, the, the made-up metal band, the, the MacGuffin band? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the the metalhead guy is basically like, oh, cool, this priest is into metal, and uh, right on. And I'm finally a customer enthusiastic about music that I like. I like the shop as well. It's just a proper dingy-looking record shop with like corpsey skull shit everywhere, and yeah, I love that. I actually want to go there, rifle through a few things. Say, would, yeah, it would be great to just hang out in that shop. Um, yeah, but we can't uh, safely go anywhere anymore. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I also liked him doing the incredibly well-observed metalhead thing of playing seconds of songs of samples. So, no, check this out. Listen to this one. And then doing the air drumming. It's like, this is a very well-observed character. <laughs> it, could, it, it feels like the filmmakers are this guy, more so. Yes. And they, <laughs> they want to just make their little uh, Halloween-y, Christmas-y Satan-y thing. And, uh, you know, more power to them. I like it. Does have an edge of authenticity, even though it's quite a cartoony film at times. Yeah, there's a. I mean, there's a sincerity to the characters, and that's really what works. The like the relationship between Jose and uh, Angel, I guess, and Angel um, is like it is very hard to not get invested in (laughs) in their relationship. And it's born organically. I mean, it, to some extent, yeah. there's no real reason for uh, Jose to keep pursuing and helping the priest because he's just a customer who came in. Uh, but uh, I guess, uh, the, I guess the, the the key is, I suppose, the priest is looking for somewhere to stay, and that comes up, and then he writes. He's trying to give him the flyer for the uh, Satanist band, and so he writes on the back of the flyer 
the address of like his sister's shitty motel or hotel, right? Yeah. No, and no, it's it's not his sister. His it's mother's. Just a, yeah, yeah, his it's mother, right. and then there's a, the, the girl that's there that. He, oh, that he's trying to cop off with. Thing for, yeah. yeah. Right, so this is Mum's hotel, and uh, basically this priest leaves somewhere to stay, so he takes his stolen suitcase, and uh, I, th- I think he's like, even the records he's offered, he's like, I'm not paying for this. <laughs> like, yeah. That's part, I have to keep committing crimes, so fuck you. And he's like, that's cool, <laughs> you can steal from me, I guess. But um, he fucks off, and does go to this place, uh, for convenience of the plot, and that, I guess that ropes in Jose a bit more organically, when this guy just turns up like, he has to name drop Jose and sort of convince them that there is a room left in the inn and uh, get a, a, like a little shitty half uh, unfinished room to himself because like, the place is busy despite being a cesspit. And so we, what, uh, what do we make of some of the people who reside in this uh, place and the introduction we get to the mum and the other characters? The- introduction to the mother is a fantastic scene, probably one of the best ones in the film, because she's chopping up rabbits, blood all over her hands, tucking money into her bra, talking so fast that it almost feels like you've accidentally set the film to like, two times speed. Hmm. Anthony, is this a place you'd stay? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I just, I totally forgot about that rabbit scene and I'm not a squeamish person but like there was something about who because it, it was an actual rabbit wasn't it it looked it like it yeah it was a lot <laughs> and, like the, the giant knife and the like heavy like um, swing she takes at it like that that did set my stomach off a little bit and I'm really not squeamish at all this woman's a fucking maniac <laughs> It's she's handy as well. Like, uh, there's no need necessary to go beat for beat. So, I want I want to bring up the scene where she comes to shine, uh, and as one once uh, Angel has been uh, forced into coming back to this place later, and he's he's, he's basically convinces uh, the devout Catholic sexy lady who who's staying in the hotel or works there or whatever it is. She is a virgin conveniently because he needs virgin's blood and so Angel has to fucking uh, knock her out or convince her or try and get it quickly because time time is of the essence and so he sort of knocks her out and kidnaps her after you know a bunch of uh, awkward uh, tea poisoning or something or attempts to coffee yeah co- yeah right so and then when he's dealing with her sort of knocked out body he's trying to sneak past this woman uh, and uh, you know of course, he gets caught eventually while he's trying to draw blood from her, right? Like a fucking maniac priest vampire or something. And this woman kicks the fuck off and properly, like, he, he has a shotgun at that point. And they have one hell of a fight in that corridor. And yeah. she she beats the fuck out of him. Like, she's properly manhandling this actor as well. Like, she's, like, beating him up and knocking him down and hoisting him up and throttling him. And, like, I think he blows his. She blows his ear off a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she misses him with a shotgun and blows a chunk of his ear off. And then they, like, she goes tumbling down a couple of balconies or something. Stairs. She, she gets thrown... her way all the way down the stairs and just sort of hangs at the bottom. Ah. Such a good scene, right, guys? So good. The thing about there this film is it's it's 
shocking in a kind of because it's so realistic where it's like just kong it's got an almost uh, Coen Brothers sort of approach to like very yeah. like grounded brutal but also funny violence like and because um, this angel guy is so innocent seeming even though we've seen him be a dickhead and yeah. he's not doing it he's not maliciously I'll get you he's begrudgingly going on getting on with it so it's not even like he doesn't want to just murder everyone but he has to do what he has to do so it's it's so funny that he isn't the right man for the job in a way but is this, this woman dead at the end of it like he, he breaks the news to Jose later that so, sorry yeah. your mum's hanging upside down Hotel. Yeah, I think she's the. It's pretty. It's like it seems to be that she's just dead. And he's cool with yeah. it. Bec- she's cool with it because when her their relationship is that of abuse. Because I think when he turns up to like, uh, he meets the priest and talks to him and is being more friendly again to him, and introducing his family, he gets fucking elbowed in the face by his mum. I think at one point. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, yeah. Just so she can oh, like hand food out or something. Yeah. That's also where you, we meet uh, the granddad. Old naked granddad, yeah. <laughs> just with his dick out. Fair play to this actor. <laughs> just, like, can you stand there with your dick and balls just out yeah. in, in full view? Oh, we'll give, yeah. you a, we'll give you a dead investor jacket from time to time, but... Yeah. I watched the scene, like, on, on the, when uh, Angel is hiding with the corpse, uh, with the knocked out woman, he's in the bog with, like, this naked oh, granddad. And just sitting like, on the toilet staring at him and the, the granddad's full of uh, like he's constantly being dosed up with acid from the grandson <laughs> yeah Jose so I love the fact that like he sees the uh, like the granddad's sitting on the toilet and he sees uh, the priest come in with a knocked out woman this, like semi-conscious gu- but, but he also has no idea whether or not he's hallucinating so like he just doesn't react yeah, I think if this story had a prequel, I'd want to know about Jose's mad hotel family because they're fucked. <laughs> like, they're all kind of mental. Like, Jose's just a kind of enthusiastic metalhead who's into Satan enough to be up for all this bollocks. And, a, you know, obviously a druggie and, like, you know, off his tits a little bit. But it just he's enthused about chaos and, you know, you've got, oh, cool, a priest that wants to draw pentagrams and unleash, the, you know, Antichrist. Um, how long does it take for the priest to, like, he because he basically explains to everyone what he's doing if they need to know or would like to know, and so when does he tell Jose? Oh, you know, this is why I'm doing it. Because he's got him as a helper like, after a while, right? Yeah, he just explains to him in the kitchen. I think he beforehand he's he's like discovered Professor Cavan, and he wants to talk to him because he thinks he knows about. This is real, uh, yeah, and so he convinces. He just tells Jose about it and that he needs to speak to him. And mm. Jose's like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, he's just cool. He just you're such a cool priest. I'm down for whatever. Now, you're my new friend. I will help. That's the vibe. What, I, one of the scenes I really love when he's sort of looking into this. Okay, I need to know. I used, he needs to know about the occult and summon Satan. So who better than just some shit TV show? Uh, con man, swindler, occult expert, uh, and he's in like a library, and he goes to like nick uh, like a package with a book in, and he tears out the. I think it's like a, a shitty uh, 
like skull necklace and then the book and he discards whatever. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a bookshop and he just like yeah, he he takes it as if like well yeah, this is what I need to do. And he does it right in front of a librarian or the book sale lady. So instantly gets caught and prosecuted and he's taken to the manager's office and then he starts explaining his weird what seems like bullshit, but as we all know watching the film, this is obviously going to be real. So his non-bullshit, he explains all this about like uh, Latin and summoning Satan and the apocalypse and, you know, and uh, the store manager's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm just going to... St- just gonna um, just stay in my office, and then it, while he's while the manager's out, he arms himself. There's just an iron there, I guess, because it's been I don't know, just some item that's been returned to the shop, or whatever. There's an iron on the guy's desk in the manager's office, and uh, Angel's like just picks it up, readies himself, and then fucking twats this guy with an iron and fucks yeah. it off. It's like yeah, that's that's one way to get out of a sticky situation, I guess. Abby, is this one of the things that swayed you into really liking this as a comedy? Like, the vibe of the problem-solving aspect of, uh, well, if you've got a satanic summoning problem, this is the way to go about it? Or do you think it's a bit stupid and childish? Well, it was a, it was kind of a double thing for me, where I liked what he was doing, but it also had uh, Leahy energy from Trailer Park Boys. Oh, Officer Leahy, yeah. Well, he's not drunk, but um. No, but it's like that older gentleman doing stuff you wouldn't expect of an older gentleman. A man with a certain kind of uniform you'd expect to be more rational and reasonable, actually being a maniac and causing problems. Yeah. But yeah, I was I really funny because he was so. He was. This is the only thing I've ever seen where, with the best of intentions, someone has been an absolute maniac. Yeah, because usually a character doing these sorts of things is an awful villain, and we kind of like this guy because he's going—he's been a prick to innocent people, and he's like, what? so his is once he once he's out of there, he's got his little book and he's got he's cleared up. What's the deal with the uh, cavern? Right? Was it Professor Cavern, or is he he's not? He's a to go? TV occultist, psychic uh, celebrity. Yeah. Yeah, sort of charlatan, come Mystic Meg type person. But does does seem to have some actual knowledge? Like it's it's yeah. It's to talk like talk the shit, you have to sort of do your work to be able to yeah. bullshit and blag. Yeah, I, I think that's the case yeah. with many psychics and uh, all of these sorts of TV uh, sort of like the people who do the church thing. You know, like you can't just be a TV and. And, and what's it called? Angelic assist. Oh, evangelist. Evangelist, thank you. You can't just do that without having a few fucking psalms up your sleeve to the court, you know. I thought you were going to say a yeah. bad. not too many. No, you don't need don't. to actually read the Bible. To no, you just say you theme. just say whatever you want and put Jesus, Amen, and stuff in it, didn't you? Yeah, but yeah, you have to have at least a foundational knowledge to be able to bullshit effectively. Yeah. <laughs> So it's this uh, this guy is on the on the TV from time to time, and uh, what I found particularly weird, right, is so this guy starts off as just a bit of a douchebag TV celeb, and uh, does he? He leaves the studio, does he? And then he just uh, it's that weird scene oh. where he goes to the convenience yes. store. So this is one of the things that I I um, was going to bring it up at some point, and it's this is the the kind of scene that really kind of that really brings it to the fore. Uh, is the actual villains of the film who mm. we only see occasionally in the background causing like havoc 
Um, but it's a gang of guys going up murder, going around murdering homeless people, and then spray painting "Clean Up Madrid," and um, they're, they're they're all well dressed, like they're weirdly dapper, and um, yeah, it's not like teenagers up to no good, is it? Like you'd expect. Yeah, the um, stuff like whenever you read uh, like summaries or whatever about the film, uh, they're referred to as Nazis in a few of them. And right. I don't know. If in the film whatever is terrified, like I, it makes sense, I guess, because they're going around like murdering homeless people, and there seems to be a suggestion of like I—I I mean, I don't know enough about the politics of this region from this yeah. particular time. Maybe mm. it parody something. To, yeah, yeah, it seems to be about like homelessness and maybe there's like an, uh, a migrant or immigration subject. It, it just feels like here. what if Nigel Farage was in a gang where he actually goes round and puts foreigners in the bin and burns them or something like cause you know he goes and he condescendingly Basically. takes pic- he takes condescending pictures at Dover and goes and, and takes a picture <laughs> with a pint and things but he doesn't as far as we know Nigel Farage uh, doesn't actually you know murder people <laughs> Uh, and and, no, and the, spray the paint on walls. Does, the damage he does is to much more long-lasting and awful. Off, 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 yeah, being um, a knobhead on TV that people actually listen to. Um, yes. But like but, um, th- this background thing is interesting because I think it's one of the problem areas of this story, right? So you've got it. Uh, uh, the new story is that oh, there's this stupid uh, movement of of violent criminals who want. Some burning homeless people alive. Yeah, they want some vague change in Madrid because of I don't know their dickheads, and but yeah, they're all n- normal-looking chaps. So that's good for the police not thinking it's they don't dress up like they do this stuff, but they do it in the open in front of people. So there's just people going around. It feels like it's yeah. like a, c- I mean, a cultural revolution thing. But then it turns later on in the film, it turns out it's actually the if I, Satan if I and his followers guess or something without having like full context I think the idea is that this is like mid 90s and that you know the conclusion happens at an actual location that's uh, what's it called the gateway to Europe um, sounds like a shit concert and this, is push, you know, this is like oh you two gateway to Europe mm. um, but I think this is at the start of you know the push towards that idea of you know Eurocentrism and and uh, it, like there's this little group of uh, I guess what you would call neo Nazis who are all like oh this is the globalists they're all wanting to like bring all of these countries together and one world government and you know all the all these homeless migrants are here dirtying up the place so mm. we're gonna purge them with fire like that seems to be like bubbling under the surface but the point is what it leads to is a fantastic scene that demonstrates how completely in their own worlds all three of the main characters are mm. because they literally just witness a murder and do nothing <laughs> including getting champagne from a fridge that had has had someone's head put through it and leaving money on the counter for a dead um, cashier and saying, I'll just leave the money here, okay? And walking off. It was just, for me, that that's the weird thing. Is So this guy later turns out to be more of a hero than he is because it's like mm. our sub-TV prick. And he's, he's, you know, a sociopath 
to a fault where he doesn't care about victims of things. He's obviously a con man, so he doesn't care about people he, generally. I, honestly, I think he doesn't. I don't even think he sees it. Are you joking? He's like glass and broken blood and corpses everywhere. Yeah, he? but he's off in his own fucking. Oh, uh, you it? thought? Like, did that? What, Anthony? How did you read this? Is this this guy doesn't care or he doesn't notice because he's arrogant or whatever? I did. I think I read it more like you, Rich, that they were setting him up as much more of a uh, evil guy than he t- turned out to be. Um, but yeah, I think Jamie's probably it kind of. It's it's one of those scenes where it's there's obviously some sort of wider subtext and theme going yeah. on that I'm not quite you know not being from Spain in the nineties. Uh, like I'm not quite sure what it's parodying you know, or whatever. What it's sat, yeah, satirizing or anything like that. But it's yeah. definitely there, and it's like the, uh, quite a few. Now and again, some of the scenes are about that and not necessarily about what's going on in the story. Because yeah, and they seem a little out of place. Yeah. I think generally that what we like is the characters that's focused on the protagonists, uh, you know, Angel and Jose, and then later on this guy, Cavan. Uh, like they, they, we get into their story, and then we're like, oh, this is a shit. So this, when it gets to actually summoning Satan, and the reveal is these stupid, uh, middle-aged looking, boring blokes who have been burning tramps and stuff, and being like dickheads. One they of them they dressed are... vaguely like Del Boy from Only Fools and Horses, <laughs> which I couldn't get past. They just look like uh, blokes who are into trains and politics and stuff, but they are mean and hurt hurt people and uh, malicious. But so is w- one of them is Satan, and the other, I or is it one so of Satan's minions? Or is, what's the idea this here? Is, this is one of the things that did kind of confuse me about the film, and I mentioned at some point earlier about it losing the thread towards the end I think there's a there's some suggestion because they all like they they bust into Professor Cavan's house they hold him hostage they do a, a ritual and they it, they all drop acid together so whether or not the actual like Satan stuff is happening or not. I Once they've taken drugs, there's an ambiguity as to what they're seeing, if it's real or not, you think? Kind of, mm. but the film doesn't necessarily lean on that too heavily, so no. it seems like it's all real. Yeah. But there's also, like, is it... Because, like, if it is all real, then I'm not sure why things play out the way they do, because it just seems odd, like... Yeah. Well, let, well, let, well, let's let's come back because there's lots of interesting things to talk about in the interim. Come back to the because the conclusion of the film is worth talking about because I think it's one of the things that lets down quite a good journey. Uh, but we'll come back to it because it it will make more sense if we talk about the build up more, I guess. Uh, Abby, what what is the satanic ritual that, as you recall it? It involved. There's the things it should have involved, and then there's the things that it did involve. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so it was supposed to involve something like a communion wafer. They ended up with circles of sliced white bread. <laughs> it yeah, was supposed. Like to, it was supposed to be 
There's meant to be some kind of hallucinogen, but normally that would be more like smoking weed, something like that. But they I ended was... up using LSD. Yeah, it was no, it was um, mushrooms. So it would be like psilocybin. Um... Uh. Yeah, there's blood of a pure maiden, which they did eventually get, but it was it was hard to get there. Oh, we process. Yeah. And then there was yeah. the holy water, which was just a glass of water that he then blessed. He right? blessed it, but if he's a sinning priest, is he allowed to bless things? Because uh, he has to do confession, and then he's pure again. Then do uh, it. I think <laughs> technically he. Ha- the thing is with priests is a lot is is essentially just made up powers. Yeah. Like you know when kids. <laughs> When kids play like some kind of game where they're pretending to shoot each other, and they're because the no, because I've got I've got a shield and bullets bounce back and they actually hit you. Like that's kind of how I'm. A I'm wearing a dog collar. And I did the cross. What do you want from me? Yeah. Also, this I, this is a guy who's been burning cigarettes into his foot in the shape of an upside down cross. So this is just a the mentally ill guy at this stage, really. Yeah. Um. But maybe that plays into the fact that they just tripped balls and it was all bullshit in their heads and they saved no one. They oh, just thought 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 it happened. Um this is some fucking good mushroom, isn't it? Um Well no, it's the L S D that uh Jose just carries around in his pockets. That's one of the things that I I like about his character, is just he has all this fucking paraphernalia in various different pockets. Yeah. There's uh oh the, do you mention the pentagram Abby? Oh uh, yeah, that was in the guy's book, and Jose decided to carve it into the floorboards. I think night. he was asked to. And he to. did quite a good job. Oh, I was, was going to say, was... he does a really good job with that. Uh, he, it has the time, he has the time it takes to kidnap a virgin <laughs> and fight <laughs> off a mum and uh, drag a corpse back, <laughs> or drag a... Oh no, he just brings the vial of the the blood with him. So, yeah, is the, the, that not a huge... Amount of time to do a really nice job of a, of a complicated uh, pentagram thing. I was just gonna say, um, I've seen like a lot of uh, films like about you know Satan and angels and devils from like the nineties, and they're all very serious, yeah, stylistic. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it was great watching this, and it it playing out a lot more realistic. Adley Bagan. Yeah, especially this scene where you know they they have to do the the summoning, and it's like this is how it would go in real life, you know. It's like ah, oh, we don't have any communion wafers, uh, bread. It's just bread. We just use bread and then LSD, and then get try to get like the the virgin blood. And I liked the whole thing of that. It's like how do you actually do that? Yeah, it was like uh, it was like watching a Taskmaster challenge happen. <laughs> And then, like, there was the point where his girlfriend or wife turns up. Oh, and... God. The stressful then... chase through the... Yeah. <laughs> um, another little moment of uh, comedy that I enjoyed was him pulling her up the stairs and her head thumping on mm. his steps yeah. to the point where someone came out to see what the noise was. Because the uh, Jose and Angel basically talk their way in and barge their way in, uh, seeming like like Kevin initially is like, oh, they're just stupid people who don't understand how TV works and oh, what, what to be, yeah. and they they sort of he, he's basically like, all right, like, if you look, if you talk to my agent, maybe we got a show. You're a mental priest, I could exploit you. But Monday, yeah, and then they barge their way in and kidnap him and tie him up and start blathering their mad plan. 
And then it, it then I like the fact that uh, Jose is left with this guy. And he's just off. This guy's house is like a drug dealer who's interested in all kinds of global art. He's just got masks, African masks everywhere, and generally just vague occult, I do, cool-looking like cat things and stuff. You know. I like the fact that even though he is clearly a bullshit artist, he does seem to have a genuine interest in the occult, like outside yeah. of it. Oh, it's uh, a good you know, way he, to sort of establish. Yeah, he may have a sex pad in the city, but he's got a cat, he's got like a cat throne or something. Oh, that, yeah, that weird <laughs> cat throne. <laughs> so yeah, it's good. I like yeah, like you say, he's, he's more like a fucking Batman villain or something with a gimmick and an interest. Yeah. He's not just still charlatan. Uh, but he has got a floozy lady who's coming round. Uh, well, that's a bit mean, but you know, like he's got like a sexy woman who's going to be there to be jeopardy and in problems. And as you said, there is a nice bit of fucked comedy where where the yeah. priest chases him and she she basically knocks herself up running away in terror on the stairs and then is incapacitated for a bit and it's, there's an element of like okay so this guy's a prick but now we're kind of rooting for him because he is being tortured and his girlfriend yeah, has now like... been conked <laughs> over the head and he there's just a, a metal head carving up his flat and like playing with his things, you know, and, mm. and stu- like you know, there's a sense of oh, maybe this cavern guy will get out and fight them off, and who are we rooting for anymore? You know, like yeah, it does. It there's an interesting turn where like you almost think that the film's going to go in some direction where Cavern ends up being like the antagonist to them because of what happened. Yeah, but then because of it being real, happened, right? And, yeah, but I think because of the fact that at the very least they all fucking trip balls together and think they see Satan or actually do um, they form a bond and like actually all three of them start working together Yeah. Um, even after Jose nearly gets them all killed on the very stressful Schweppes some <laughs> weird sponsorship that, it goes by in the blink of an eye but I want to, to give some uh, credit to whoever decided to make splints for Cavern's legs out of umbrellas oh, yeah. and walking canes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, some good makeshift medical aid. One of, the, one of the bits I like is when they all get, they're all together, they got the virgin blood, by hook or by crook they're going to do this. They got the pentagram, the setup. They take the the wafers and the, they do the. Oh, the priest drinking the like watery blood mixture. <laughs> but they do. They they get like uh, they say the gobbledygook Latin summoning of promise. Like do they do the bargain with Satan? And there's an element of oh, oh should I put on my metal tape? Or, and the guys uh, like yeah. Fucking if you want, why would that have anything to do with anything? And there's a there's an amateur like. It's like Kevin is looking at him like these dickheads. What is going to happen after this? Like when when this yeah. does nothing, what are we actually going to do? Because this did, is fucking I stupid. That, I did like that moment of like nothing happened and him basically being like, yeah, of course nothing fucking happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking idiots. And then we get greeted with a, a a bit like what's that? Is it the witch or witch or something? There's like a horror film where uh, Satan is a black goat that stands up really oh, weirdly. Yeah, yeah, Black Philip. The goat in the goat witch, in witch the right? Yeah. So it's called Black Philip. He's a black goat. Ah, some fucking silly. Hey, Philip. That yeah. Look, well, that well... film is fucking <laughs> fantastic, and I will not hear a word said against it. Yeah, the goat. We'll fucking the episode goat... on it if we have to. There's a yeah. goat. That goat's fucked, dude. Don't, don't mess around with Black Philip. Very horrible. It's just you know of all the names to pick. He's black in colour. 
some it's like one of those creepy old English, old English, or like oldy English rhymes. Because at one point the kids are like dancing around, chanting his name, and it's fucking, yeah. it's creepy as hell. I mean, that film has a woman breastfeeding a crow, so classic. Um, but back to this, back to, back to this uh, goat. So this, uh, like Black Philip, is the goat comes in upright, stands upright, and uh, what's he say to them? Like, don't fuck around or something. No, the message. There's like a, they burn a message, and then they find the message. Oh yeah. They they burn something, and they then they find the words that say like this isn't a game. But yeah. what's yeah, the, the goats just looked generally furious, and then afterwards, in the the ashes of what they've done, it says this is not a game. Yeah. yeah. What's weird about this goat? I think we see the goat early on in the film as just a back in a background shot, and then towards the end, with the um, I guess we'll say white supremacist dickheads, he's jumping up on some bale of hay, and there's a very much a vibe of, yeah, we couldn't get the goat to perform any better, <laughs> so the yeah. goat is just there, right? The it's goat is part. It doesn't look like it's a satanic demon or nothing. Like it's not. But what's that fucking one from the? We did a different review of like a. Satan worshiping circle thing with a goat in it. What was that called? The ba- Bahamet or something? Oh, Baphomet. That's Baphomet yeah. from uh, the Devil Rides Out, right? We were watching. Mm. So, but they they didn't have any. The goat did not look intimidated at the end of the film. It just looked like we put the hay here. So okay. it, was... it was almost looked like it, it wandered onto the set. <laughs> yeah, but you know, a scary upright goat. Cool. We needed some payoff because it's been a long time without anything actually horrific, other than the horrific violence. There's been no supernatural stuff till then. Well, I, I sort of... I ringed Jamie in just then when he was going to talk about that bit off the billboard oh. before that. Yeah. And it's well, Jose, well, who's particularly high up with the three, is just like, I could throw myself off. I'm going to throw myself off. Yeah. He just pulls the other two with him. And just, just like, this is why, why are you doing this? There's no need, there's no need for this. <laughs> just <laughs> people with a phobia of uh, heights must have been on their edge of their... Well, let's not say on the edge of anything. It it made my hand very sweaty watching it. Even though there is, um, and that there is, if if you wanted to sort of nitpick, it. I mean, this film doesn't seem like it has a had a particularly huge budget, so obviously special effects weren't like a priority. There are definitely some very dodgy looking blue screen sequences, Mm. especially towards the end. They're like running away from some doors being barged in. Like they're not scared of a goat being all weird. But once, I don't know, Satan is bishing in some doors that aren't opening, they're like, fuck it, we're going to climb out the window and climb onto a neon sign outside advert on the outside of the building just to get into a different window or something. And I don't know if it necessarily is made clear enough, but I think the idea is because they're on acid at this point they're like oh god it's satan he's knocking the door in but it may also have been the police with a like oh the raid battering ram because yeah the, as like once they're out don't they come in afterwards though they all pile in to try and they go arrest the a, maniac who's a, a, been killing people or it's intercut yeah. in an ambiguous way all right yeah i think it could have maybe been paced a little bit better like there's a little bit of a drop there in like what's happening so it yeah. kind of doesn't make it because there is that great moment when uh, they come in through the window and that little kid's like, Santa's here! And it's just these three fucking weird guys. Yeah, it's like, that ain't Santa. And then the, like, the Jose gets to punch... No, yeah. Jose after, uh, punches like the dad or the mum or somebody yeah. in the face. Also, it's not three by then. Cabin fell off the billboard. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Somehow <laughs> he lands on top of the... 
I thought he was. I thought he'd be done. Like, and then he comes back yeah. into it. And, and is this a, a deal breaker for you? This the slightly ropier quality, the cheaper vibes. Does it ruin it, or does it enhance the silliness for you? No, it never. It never ruins it for me. Um, I mean, like special effects should be secondary to story yeah. and characters and action mm. and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, whilst, you know, there's a bit of dodgy green screen, I suppose. Like, it doesn't happen too often. Like, like Jamie said, there's a bit at the end and, and this bit. Uh, but mostly everything that's happening seems practical effects. Uh, and pretty much this is the only way to have done this scene is with green screen. Oh yeah, like it's it's very ambitious considering how kind of small the, the film scene. Well, I, I say small, but there's actually a lot of big kind of crowd mm. scenes um, that are fairly hectic, especially the especially the murder of the three wise men mm. <laughs> that happens. That was insane. I know. I, I, I was not. I mean, the one that gets clearly shot on camera is also a man in brown face. It just oh. looks like... Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, Cavan uh, has done his best Shane, Shane McMahon at WrestleMania off of the Shrep sign. Uh, and we, we, pick up, we pick up his plot later. Because... Uh, so now, uh, Jose and uh, Angel are kind of wanted men and have to get out of here. I think there's a bit of car stealing and commandeering. So... And there's a bit of a side thing with... Um, uh, uh, for some reason, on Christmas Eve, there's a seminar about. Um, yeah, I. This is where. Yeah. Yeah. This. This is actually one of the things that sort of lost me a bit, and I don't. Yeah. In, mm. I'm not entirely sure why. It why they included or, it? Yeah. Yeah, because it's like a red herring weird, element. Because like, they're they're running away, and um, at one point, either Jose or uh, Angel say something like. Uh, it's going to be dawn in, in a few hours. So presumably it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. So why is there this Nostradamus thing happening at like 2 o'clock in the morning on Christmas Day? What's happening? Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't need to be in there because it's there. Like it's, they well, it go, doesn't really go anywhere. They, they go to this presentation yeah. about Nostradamus and uh, he gets up like a madman and starts, you know, causing a scene. And then that's the problem. And then he seems to want to capture the guy to get him to tell the truth, as if Nostradamus expert guy will know something. I was like, man, you lucked out with the occult guy. He actually helped you summon a goat thing, and now you need another guy, and it's not working. And it sort of becomes this waste of time. Yeah, and it's, I, a, it's a weird diversion that the film takes, and I, I'm still not sure. Even now, having like been able, having time to think back on it for a couple of weeks, I still don't really understand. Yeah, because it. It made sense to eventually get back to the point where they don't know what to do. I think it's to give up yeah. hope, right? It's that we failed. It's too late, and we're out. We're near to where this uh, well, satanic club is. I was going to say it also. You know, it does that with the satanica thing too, though. So, what do you mean? Like it's a waste of time? The, the, well, the, yeah. The, the like that that loss of hope because there's the there's the um, uh, they. They stop at like a, a bus stop or because they've lost the car. They don't know where they like. They don't know what to do next. And Jose goes to get them a car, and that's when the the priest witnesses one of the murders of 
a homeless guy by the gang. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Just, just, just as an aside, a moment. I, I also quite like that uh, the reality of so Jose waiting for the priest to go somewhere earlier in the film uh, has to stay with his car because parking attendants will come. And you go, yeah, 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 you definitely can't park in Madrid. Movies always have it so you can park right outside where you're going. It's like, yeah. fucker, it is Christmas Eve in Madrid. You ain't parking anywhere. <laughs> so I, mean, I like that they included the fact that it's an actual ball ache to get a car to stay anywhere in Madrid. <laughs> like, you know, that's a good idea. Sorry, but yeah, we're b- back at the bus stop tramp-burning yeah, Satan sees, Club. Yeah, he sees one of the... Uh, one of the murders happen, and the the homeless guy is wearing a Satanica T-shirt. Yeah. So that leads him to finding the club. It's a it's I don't know. It's a weirdly protracted way of getting to something that was set up really early in the film. Yeah, I think like, we were destined to come back here because it was set up, but also it is mainly for him to wander in. Not get anywhere, get bullied. Why, why does he get beaten get up? Because he's a priest. <laughs> like this priest has turned up. And in, to be fair, it, like at, at least in in my experience of like uh, being beaten up in metal, metal clubs, g- gigs and metalheads and and all that yeah. kind of stuff. If a priest walked in to like uh, like a metal gig and just like hung around seemingly not causing any trouble most of the people there would react the same way Jose did when he wandered into the record shop they'd be like yeah. this priest is fucking cool like, I, yeah. he's just here to enjoy Satanica and is yeah. apparently a fan That's as, as long as he doesn't hand out like pamphlets about um, yeah exactly Yeah, it'd be cool wouldn't it um, but they're like, nah, we're gonna beat him up, smash his head into a urinal and then beat him up. and then call it and then they, but they give him his beret back. They plonk his beret on his knocked out corpse. Uh, so, and I, I think it could have done like it could. I, I would have liked it if it had been trimmed up here so that they got to this point quicker. Because him going into this club thinking that oh, this is it. This is where I need to be for you know the the whatever it is I'm trying to do at this point, and then being beaten up and and basically thrown out. That's the point where it's like it's it's hopeless. You know yeah. why? Why am I even doing this? And which is what happens. Like that is what this scene is. So it just seems there's this weird little padding section just before it with all the Nostradamus stuff, but I still don't quite understand. Yeah, I mean, this is all this caper, which eventually I guess leads to him being despondent and getting to the part where he's phone calling. I did the, like the him sh- talking the, to him on the TV. The TV I show. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, did you do you feel that this was? worthwhile build-up, or, you know, if you don't want to talk, if you think we've covered it, maybe talk about the next bit, it's up to you. No, I really did like the way he just... He very quickly became aware of all the mad shit he'd been doing, and thought to himself, I've gone mad. Mm. It's about time, because he's been pretty determined until then. He He should have a setback, I agree with that much. I think it's just important that he acknowledged it. And uh, even though it's real, you do need to check yourself every now and again when yeah. you're doing the kind of stuff he's doing. And you're not. Well, I like... And you're not dealing with Satan right now, so maybe it is. Maybe you only, you only saw an upright goat. You think, right? Like, you haven't actually met a hoofed yeah, demon yet. Maybe he's realized. Maybe he's realizing, like, oh, I'm actually out of my mind of acid and yeah. hubris. Um, and that's I another like... thing. It's like. He's coming from such a sheltered life. 
Yes. Going yeah. full tilt yep. into like heavy metal music and LSD, and yeah. it's just he wasn't prepared. Yeah. But what 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 is the deal? So, Cavin is put in an ambulance, but he kind of sh- he's d- dusts himself off to some extent and well, yeah, manically he's, he's goes. Yeah, he believes, and he wants to go to the studio to do like a confessional. Yeah. He wants to do some kind of TV show, and he has to convince and slap around all of his producers, and <laughs> browbeat them into putting him live on air on Christmas Eve and interrupt the schedule. But as a you know, all good producers realize if you've got a fucking madman celebrity ready to rant about some satanic bullshit, the end of the world. Yeah, then you're like, maybe we should put this on. This would be fucking ratings yeah. gold, right? <laughs> did you, did you, Anthony? Did you like the the weird TV bit here? I did. did. Again, like another one of my favorite parts of the movie. I like that that his character got to the point where he he had to go on to national TV to kind of tell everyone that the Antichrist is being born right now, and to. To, and like it was his only way of kind of like finding the guys again. Yeah, yeah. If um, he's if he's got that tool, why not use it? Yeah. yeah. I like. And I just and, and just like the general imagery of him being on the TV uh, and them in the phone box kind of thing. Yeah, having an quite, argument like that. Yeah. I don't quite know how to put it like in numbers, but they show the exact right distance between the TV in the window and the phone booth. For it to look natural, because yeah, it's awkward because there's the TV shop which is playing the show, and so Jose and the priest getting themselves together notice this, and then he has to put coins in the phone booth, and then yeah. hold like Jose has to get the priest away from like the edge of the street to go and talk on the phone. So it t- there's a bit of a hold while they sort the call out and uh, an element of tension as well to it. I enjoyed this role reversal as well. The fact that you know, Cavern uh, is a, a character. Like that's not even his name. That's the character's name he plays yeah. on TV, um, and is that like he's the phony? And now we've switched so that like the priest is doubting all of this stuff and whether it's real. And Cavern is like, no, fuck it, all this. We TV desperately, yeah. yeah, like you were right. And I, he also has figured out something in terms of like where this is going to happen because he's noticed the signatures that he's collected in the yeah. like the occult book that he put together and it's the little um the two little lines which like I the, thought, some weird umlauts or something well they they say it's the uh like it's in you know it's in satan's signature and it's the claw right but i was like surely it's a hoof isn't a that hoof. what a hoof. Like, why would that not be there's a two hoof? marks rather than like, four or five or whatever yeah, I don't know. It's all this sort of Darren, Dan Brown, tenuous, or even Darren oh, Brown so now that. Darren Brown. <laughs> this oh, Darren no, Brown I don't figure. Dan Dan Brown is better than that. All Jesus. Right. Well, most things are. Um, but like you know, it's just uh, some silly uh, conspiracy potential. Well, it's not. It's not a conspiracy, it's... is it? They like it's le- they legitimately picks up on the correct clue and yeah. susses out. But it's like a, the, uh, the, the mark the or the com- symbol of Satan. It's is... the comedy version of the Ninth Gate. Sure, yeah. We, although Ninth Gate at times felt like the comedy version of. <laughs> All right, let's itself. not get into this again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is the that's the he 
like cavern is the one who puts together where it's going to be because that's the same shape as the two. So there's some building, the twin towers that look like quotation marks. Is that an actual building in Madrid, or are they just? Yeah, no, that's real. Okay. So it was a bit. I mean, it's tenuous, but I think that's part of the fun of this kind of story. You have the the thing, the place, and it's like, what was oh, the yeah. what was the symbolic like, relevance? Like so, the the mark. Right. So, Go on. The okay, well, the there's there's two things. There's the there's the fact that like a church is designed in the shape of a, the cross, um, and then he talks about how the idea of like the the devil wants to es- essentially invert mirror everything everything that God, God does. Did, right. So it's taking the two pieces of the, what makes the cross and. Like Satan, Satan is such an emo, isn't he? Like fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> Just get your own thing. Um, Pardon, Abby. I said little copycat bitch. Mm, yeah, you hear I, that, Satan? I, I like the fact that they do it like this and not with an inverted cross, because that's yeah, one of those yeah. things that the inverted cross isn't it's too obvious. Like, it's, well, it's it's not a satanic thing. It's one of the uh, I oh, believe well. I might be wrong. I think it was one of the disciples who requested to be crucified upside down. To that's weird because he wasn't like he didn't want to be crucified in the same way as Christ. Because oh. he was, like, why, why not be crucified? Worthy. Not worthy. But, well, I don't think they were offered like the choice. To oh yeah, no. They, the, the Romans, <laughs> the Romans had a little catalogue of ways to be slowly murdered. <laughs> yeah. Um but I don't know. It's something like that. Anyway. For, for whatever reason, can I can please. I have my cross in periwinkle blue, please? <laughs> I don't want to mimic Jesus exactly. <laughs> the inver- the inverted crucifix isn't or wasn't uh, like evil or satanic yeah. symbol. It's become that way in more kind of modern. Was it like culture. like six six six? The number of the beast is that in the, like there's the number of the beast mentioned in the Bible and stuff. Yeah, but I, I don't know. That doesn't come into this film though. They don't care about that. Technically, I think it's the, it's a mistranslation, and the number is six one six. But six 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 is so ingrained in culture that that's just what it is now. But what's the what, so what's the deal with the day of the beast? Is that because the Christian calendar, like Jesus well, it, wasn't actually born on Christmas Day? That's like a pagan date that the Christians moved their festival to and stuff. So just don't think what's, about it too hard. Oh right, like any of this, let's not think about it too hard. The point is they go <laughs> to a special building. Yeah, yeah, it, what I was saying, what I was saying was, I like the fact that it's not an inverted crucifix. It's an actual, like, active inversion of the structure of the cross, rather than just flipping it upside down. Like, it's, it's, it's more. They thought about it a bit harder. Um, sort of, yeah. And also, yeah, the gateway to Europe thing. I think again, that comes to that discussion that we were having earlier about. There's maybe some satire here that we don't have enough context for. I don't know. The point is, they're at a special place at the end of the movie, like Ghostbusters, and we're going to have a showdown with a monster. Yes, it is. It is like Ivo Shando's uh, tower in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Certainly, what happens here in the exciting climax? Could you uh, fill us in a bit? Yeah. So they're one of the. They're looking around because, uh, like, they know like this is the place where looking for a child the, or something, uh, right? Yeah. This is the place where the Antichrist will be born. Um, so they they do discover like two homeless people 
uh, underneath some rubbish, with sleeping, the baby. with the baby crying. You can't, don't see it. Kind of nativity-esque um, vibes, but satany. Who goes? And oh. then, literally, like out of nowhere, like this uh, Nazi group who we've been seeing throughout. Just kind of turn up and some blokes who look like people. some blokes who just look like they like snooker turn up and kill a baby. <laughs> they do look yeah. like snooker players. I don't understand why they did that. This is a weird. Yeah, this... Okay, I'm really confused by this because if you look at the the Wikipedia plot summary, um, which is the best source for anything, um, <laughs> yeah. they, they they it says here the gang beats Kevin badly. But Angel gets hold of the gun, shoots and kills the gang, which was also killing a baby who is the Antichrist. Really, that isn't is what, But like, that's not. It, that's not. That, that's not right. Like, no, the baby what? is killed in like the malicious. It doesn't make yeah, sense. They, go, go on, Ant. Ant you, Ant do you have something? You have, you have any thoughts? Are you just confused by it or what? Because I don't get uh, it either. I understand that, like the you know, in. In their in the priest's narrative, this would be the Antichrist who has just been born underneath the the symbol of of Satan. Um, oh, so yeah, they're, may, they're, hang they're on, maybe the, the, maybe it's like the mirror thing. Which with I'll say the nativity, Christ is born. So if Satan's to be summoned, a bit an innocent child must be killed, and that will bring forth the Antichrist. Uh, maybe. Okay. No. 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 Oh. The child is the Antichrist, but it's just shot off. It is, kind of, it's shot in a kind of arbitrary. Yeah, yeah but that's the whole no... thing. The the whole thing is that the the Antichrist is being born on that day, and it's a newborn baby. Yeah. But why are they killing it? Yeah. That's that's the thing. That's the thing that I don't. I, I do get why. There should be a baby. A, yeah. Evil a, um, perspective. Filmmaking standpoint. Yeah, it's terrific. And hilarious, am I right? It's this comedy. Because <laughs> you get, if you get, got to this point and you had uh, Angel do it. It'd be like, messed up, right? You can't yeah, have, the, you can't have the hero. Messed up, even though that's kind of what he's setting out to do. Uh, but to take it away from him and give it to these these other people it kind of makes the whole thing kind of pointless uh, it, it sort of makes it it makes it confusing actually, anyway I guess it does uh, now that I think Anthony's kind of right though that because there's this idea that he like Angel has been doing all of this stuff in order to prevent the birth of the Antichrist where and like if you choose to look at it as it's literally true and they were right this gang that's been murdering homeless people just happens to turn up and do it regardless like it would have happened anyway so all of this shit that he's been doing is just like kind of been a waste of time which would also play into the idea that like the devil has been like mocking him this mocking entire him. time yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. This although is... you Go could on. argue that it's an in... it's um like it's an interpretation thing, whereas the child wasn't the actual antichrist. Yeah, it was just yeah. a gang, or like their their philosophy um, is um, is the start of like the Armageddon for society, I suppose. Yeah, it, it, and that, that's what yeah. they're preventing. That's true, and then, yeah, is... that's actually not. And then because killing the gang effectively does stop that, or at least. 
well, delay it or whatever, you know. Well, this is another point, problem, is that it's quite underwhelming an ending. But I was going to... In relation to this slightly muddled ending of what's the point of all this, uh, what is the... What is it... What is Satan's plan? What is Angel, what is Angel's outcome, and how does it all f- f- supposed to have worked? I was thinking that because he'd figured out the apocalypse is coming by doing the ritual, he was playing into what the devil wanted. So I thought I've discovered it, and I must stop it before Christmas. And in fact, he does it all on Christmas Eve, causing it to happen. I thought he because they'd done this ritual that would have made the prophecy come true and then that would be the irony of him trying to defeat the devil he that he gives the devil exactly what he wanted which was a reason to be conjured and brought forth but I, I don't think the film does that I think it just does a weird thing where you go right, we're all on the tower we got a gun, some goons someone should die and let's just have a horned beast st- clomp around awkwardly and be shot and that'll do like it hasn't I very much a fuck it out from behind a pillar Peep. Yeah. Like, Hello. He, like, he awkwardly really... looks. Satan awkwardly looks for him under under the girders <laughs> of this building. I liked. I really liked the design of the like skull goat horse head thing. Um, also, really appreciated just seeing a little bit of stop motion in there. I always really like uh, like full it... scale stop motion. It reminds me of um, the end of the first Terminator where the yeah. like the Terminator with no skin is like... It wasn't as good as that, though. It was much more janky and, like, aw- yes, it like, looked like it couldn't turn. Like, it was holding yeah. up, like, Satan is holding up Jose in a there's like a red swirling vortex and he eventually does throw him off the tower or into the portal. It's a bit vague. But, I like... he throws him off the tower is the idea. As a kind of, uh... Like, he, Jose's laughing, because I guess he's... Yeah, him laughing in the devil's face was pretty cool. Like, it was he's... a good way for him to go out. And he's sort of distracting the devil from getting uh, yeah. Angel, so Angel could get away and have the gun. I don't really know what they were planning. Because I thought the idea was, okay, Satan's here. Do you shoot Satan in the face, or...? I think it, you could also... This still... You could still interpret this as being their, like, LSD-induced hallucination, and they're essentially just fighting this gang. Um, maybe and seeing maybe. it a certain way. Because whenever he shoots, yeah. well, whenever he shoots the devil, it just turns back into a, a guy a being shot. Yeah, I don't know. Um... And it does end with that, like that shot of uh, the priest looking at these dead homeless people, including the baby, which was like, Fuck, okay, yeah. okay, movie. <laughs> uh, you've you've been pretty fun up to this point, but like, yeah, that bleak look of like these. Three dead homeless people, and he's just sort of looking at them and kind kind of cries it, and it and then it fades out, and it's like oh, fuck, <laughs> like yeah. And then I'm... there's like the inferred bit after that that there might not be anyone to look after Grandad now. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we yeah. don't really know what's gone oh. on with Mina. She might be all right, but she might not be all right because he used a fucking used needle. A drug, druggies yeah. needle. Yeah, there's a whole lot of chaos that has happened. I mean, the whole thing is, this priest uh, causes so much chaos, and then there's the gang who are burning people. So there's a lot of uh, this is a fucked up night on Christmas. Remember that time in Christmas Eve where uh, all that madness, people being murdered in the streets, and then that uh, occult that psychic guy, the priest yeah. went mad, and a, and a guy on TV, like a, the occult guy, he started talking to the priest through the TV. And then he went missing forever, 
and everything sort of. Do you remember how everything just calmed down after that? It was chill. <laughs> Abby, do you like the ending where they go right? We've defeated slightly crap. Uh, can't turn very much. Satan on the roof. We just shot him, and he's fine. And he fuck fucking shit all that. He seems to be causing chaos and being summoning the fourth the apocalypse. And it just turns out the priest isn't even looking at him. He just is like, oh, I'll just quickly shoot you like you were trying to mug me, and now you're gone. Satan and defeated. Sort of almost Coen Brothers type of thing, though, in this film, where things just sort of happen. I mean, yeah, there, yeah, there are Coen Coen Brothers. There are Coen Brothers vibes this sort of thing as well, even in the humour. Uh, but Abby, do you I mean the, maybe say what what happens at the reveal at the end is a kind of the cherry on the fucked up cake here? Well, um, tiny note to help make sense of the bit at the end. At some point, Cavan was also burned. They tried to burn him. Oh yeah, but he's fine. He got put uh, out very Tyrion. slowly with a court or something, right? By with a, an angel. I would say he. I wouldn't say he's fine. He survives. Right at the end, time's moved on. Cavan and uh, Angel are both homeless drifters. Cavan's got that bit of like um, burn. Oh, he's like t- he's like fucking Harvey Two Face there with his yeah, like, he's gonna make yeah, with draggled hair. Giving like a bit of waiting for God, kind of. I yes, I was going to say the same thing. That it is, they are like uh, the two tramps. Yeah, it's like I like the look of the priest has grown a beard in, and they both like they look more destitute and homeless than. I mean, as as the film goes on, there's a diehard. The priest becomes more disheveled and kicked in, (laughs) and uh, his his vest gets more brown and. (laughs) Yeah, and so. The fact that these two guys have become—they've saved the world as far as they think they have. There's—I I hadn't thought of it. As well, a, there's a question of they hallucinated it, but I think the idea being they saved the world from Satan, and now no one believes them because they just seem like mad tramps. So I that do they think just there's a there's a suggestion, and the the more I'm like talking about it out loud, the more I'm sort of processing it. I think there's a suggestion that maybe. Um, uh, Angel still isn't sure whether any of it ha- was like real, because like, um, Cavan is the one now who's like the full, like the full-on believer. Like we did it, we saved the world, and nobody cares or whatever. Yeah. But Angel doesn't really say anything about it, and he's just looking at the little good luck boxing gloves that he uh, where did they come inherited from? from Jose? They were his good luck charm. Oh, and they, like, he held yeah. his drugs. That's yes. right. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's just like turning those over in his hands and is clearly like thinking about things but isn't re- doesn't really have any answers I don't I, yeah I think you can interpret it how you like but I think that it, it is meant as a so there's these two crazy guys and like all homeless people who are a bit mad and living on the streets and are worn out maybe they were telling the, all the bullshit they ramble on about maybe yeah. they really did save the world and we all owe them a debt of dat- we all owe them a debt of gratitude uh, we'll never know, and that, I think that's the uh, that's a nice irony, is that if you had to do a lot of evil to save the world and were a bit of a prick and hurt people, you shouldn't get to have your ticker tape parade and everyone knows yeah. that you're the next hero. Like you shouldn't become a Christ-like figure, or or, or you shouldn't get the reward. You're, you should be a bit punished for having done it that way, you know. The um, 
We should also mention that Professor Cavern is back on TV, but a different person. Oh, so the nice touch, the, the, the way that the media just moves on and gets in a new charlatan. Yeah, go on. Oh, well, the... I thought that was a little, like, because he's quite clearly a different person. Oh, but they, no, they, they, no, they, no, they mentioned him. They acknowledge the original guy, and then they say, you know, this round of applause is for you, and there's like a split second of applause, and then he puts his hand up to stop it and moves on with the show. Yeah, because Cavan is saying, like, he's wording back, he's saying back the stuff that the the new guy, like, oh yeah, he's like, gonna kind of like, oh, fucking, is that yeah, all? This guy's a fucking phony. Yeah, <laughs> this prick, like, he's not pleased with that he's been replaced with some shiny gold suit prick. Is is the new guy that takes over from him? Is he the bald security guy that is shown earlier? Like, is that what, it, or is it just someone? I don't who know. I think so. I don't know. I didn't catch that. Yeah, but it's a nice like. Uh, the world has gone back to normal. You've been forgotten. You're just a couple of crazy um, losers who saved the world. An amazingly European ending for a yeah. Like, Cynical, bleak, funny, uh, yeah, a, a kind of anti-comedy. I think it's fitting as well that Jose is one of the one of the three that dies because he started this off as like a oh actually I'm just into Satanism and he was a druggie and he wasn't really a nice guy per se and he's not doing it for a good reason other than he's up for it. So he I mean, like the other yeah. two are more redeemable but yet yeah. deserve the justice of not really being recognised for their... Jose had to die because him being a homeless tramp with nothing to live for... Is was how he was. Like just how he was. Yeah, just go back to living with his grandpa. The grandpa might, might know more. Than, no, he doesn't know the truth, though. He just saw a priest act crazy. Uh, anyway, any other bits and bobs that we've glossed over or worth mentioning or things that might need to be said? Uh, Anthony, do you have any other further thoughts or... Um, I can't think of any bits we didn't mention personally. Hmm. Did it work for you though? Does this like uh, the, all the things that we criticise? Are they not getting the way of it? Be good, right? Oh no! Um, I mean, I really enjoyed the film, and and I'm just kind of like impressed how it's it's kind of it's walks the line between kind of silly comedy um, dark humour getting a bit serious and yet mm. by the end it's all it's still even though it's a kind of um, out there silly film there's still kind of like room for audience interpretation as to what actually happened yeah which, also... which I wasn't which I wasn't expecting when I was like first coming into it. Mm. You know There's what I mean? a su surprising amount of pathos to it by yeah. the end as well. Like it's starting off with a priest getting just squished is like, oh, I see. It isn't quite <laughs> that all the way through because the violence is comic but also awful as well. It never, yeah. it never is quite in one place where you know how to take it. I think if you've got a sick sense of humour, it's hilarious, no question. And I think you might be a bit like this is fucked this film <laughs> but they're so likable the three the three main characters yeah, say it really is carried by the three leads like they all three of them are great and like and the, the journey they go through wins you round and um, yeah. it, it's only a little bit let down by how slightly ropey the satan stuff is cuz like well, this doesn't quite 
come together. It's a little cheaper on the edges and a bit weird. But like, I think for the most part, it's hilariously violent and silly and fun, and it pokes fun and is. It's just the right kind of silly romp that's mad and unexpected. I think that's it as well. Is it's surprising? You you don't you know you're not guessing where this is fucking going. Yeah, it definitely. There were times where I thought I was. You able got to yeah. Guess it, and then no. it would just do this fucking handbrake turn and, and tell me to fuck off. Yeah. Abby, yourself, was this a hit? Yeah, I was so glad I took a punt on this. Yeah. All I had to go on was the trailer, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, I don't we go to this?" Yeah, the, the trailer doesn't really feature Jose either, so you don't even know what you're in store for with him. This weird uh, family. I liked its energy from the beginning, and while it did falter occasionally, mm. overall, I, I I I let it slide, and I really enjoyed this. Especially given how shit Christmas films usually are. It's <laughs> <laughs> a low bar. <laughs> yeah, this this Die Hard and Gremlins. That's uh, that's all you need, really. Our Home Alone. That's a classic, and uh, what else is a fucking good? Is I I there I because there's so many shit Christmas films. Yeah, it's surprising how many good. There's quite a lot of good ones, but they're there so are... outweighed by shit ones. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Like the ratios, we need they need to tip the scales back the other way, and this is a good start. I think this uh, weird Spanish horror comedy. Anyway, Jamie, did you have any last thoughts? I think it's. I don't know. We're all. I think we're all on the same. Uh, on the on the same worn, uh, leathery human skin bound page of the, <laughs> the book of this. Like it's. Uh, it's it, in terms of like the plot, it sort of gets a bit wobbly uh, in the last chunk, and it uh, could have been like if it was a little bit tighter, it would almost be perfect. Yeah. But there's so much going on, and like this, there's, there's such a like this can be a weird word to choose, maybe, but it's such a charming film. It is. In the, it is so. Way. Like it's it's delightful, even though it's horrendously like violent and um it just and yeah it really does hinge on those three performances like this the the three leads are so well cast and they have so they have really good chemistry together as well which is like it's not just their individual performances that are good but like they play off each other really well yeah um I think it's got the same sort of Jack Black type vibe of yeah we love metal and Satanism and all that but in a fun way <laughs> you know let's play yeah. let's play with this it's meant to be a laugh not we don't we don't genuinely believe in anything enough to take it seriously we just think it's all fucking cool like we I mean, we like the Bibli- we like Bible stuff but we think Satan's fun and the more interesting part and we're into it we want to have some fun with it not the Poe faced consider the Lily shit <laughs> you know yeah I mean the the Depending on the type of sickness you're talking about, that kind of oh, is yeah. what it really should be. Is, not is not that your way. fucking school shooter prick Satanists. Like fuck them, they boring losers. But like actual like metal people who are into throwing up the devil horns. But you know, yeah. it's, it's more about tattoos and having a laugh than do, doing evil endlessly. Um. No, yeah, like I don't know. This was a, this was a. This was not on my radar. Um, yeah, it's and apparently there was like the the director. I think it was the director had okayed doing like a 
a western remake of it but it just never ended up happening but like you don't really need it you can just watch this one and read the fucking subtitles and not be a fucking dickhead about foreign films I could see this having a crossover with what's that what was that Russian one like about vampires and stuff they what we do in the shadows not what we do in the shadows what they watch they watch a night watch they which one's which they watch the first one yeah, that's the one we did a review for. Because they, they have that mad-capped, like, fucking mad shit's happening. I could mix in a bit of women who turn into owls for the ne- like a follow-up the next day of the next day of the beast. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fire us off on a tangent, but I didn't like my watch very much after no. lots of people recommended it to me. I I just no. Well, we didn't love love it. <laughs> I'm surprised you even gave it the time of fucking day. I don't even remember. Whose suggestion was it? Mine. Well done. We Ooh. found the lead actor compelling. I still like it. <laughs> I, I, I barely remember it. I, I like this more. I was just... I think it, I think it's the, the weird foreign comedy dark energy of it was the, what put me in mind of it. Anyway, uh, let's all thank Santa for dumping a wonderful present in our laps. Thank you. You're welcome. Hail Santa. Ho, 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 indeed. Hail Santa. (laughs) That's very good. Very droll. I don't think I can top that. Hail Santa. Yes, very good. Catch us next time for a hopefully less blasphemous episode. TTFN. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.